Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. I get excited about the conversation because it's more than just cooking. It's like we are actually talking about things that matter to both of us. Mm -hmm. And I love that. So today we're going to talk about what keeps us sane during quarantine. Lots of things. Right? Mm -hmm. Like we have our little rituals that we do in the morning. And like for me this morning, I woke up and I was clearly like a little off kilter. Oh. But that's because I had a couple nights ago where I like woke up in the middle of the night and I could not go back to sleep. This rarely happens to me. Well, I feel like it's just kind of taking it day by day. Like some days I feel normal and in air quotes, normal, because what is normal these days? (laughs) We're figuring it out (laughs) as we go. Um, And then other days I wake up kind of feeling the heaviness of what's happening and just really yearning to do whatever I want and go see friends and go be at a coffee shop, go visit my favorite store or wherever, you know? Well, for me, I just, I just want to, when I see like my kids, you, anybody, I just want to hug you. I miss that heart connection so big. Physical touch. Yeah. That physical touch is huge. So, you know, um, getting back to, so I woke up this morning, I was a little bit off. And I look so forward to my morning practice. And my morning practice is a way that I reset my day. And today specifically, I really dove deep. (laughs) I was like, okay, I got to pull it all out here to really get myself into a place because I know we have podcasting today and we've got lives today and we've got all kinds of fun things going on and I want to feel my best. And so I, I did my tapping, which by the way, I am really loving tapping. I do two different tapping things. And describe to people who are unfamiliar with tapping what that is. So tapping is called emotional freedom technique and E. What did I say? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So silly, my brain. Uh, And I've been using it forever. Actually, when I had severe panic disorder, I used it. It's resetting your whole parasympathetic nervous system by tapping different points in your, um, oh, course now I'm going to forget what it is, but it's your... um, No, no, no. It's your... Oh, meridians. um, Meridians. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have a little brain fart that happens here. So yes. So uh, you're tapping on specific meridians that are actually helping you rewire your brain, your nervous system. And let me tell you, I did two of those, did my meditation, did my positive readings, And after about 45 minutes, I started to feel so much better. And um, that's my one way. First thing in the morning that I love to get in and just get my morning started. 
Another thing that I love to do is just kind of organize my day. I like to see what's what's going on today. I like to write things down. I know we've talked a lot about, you know, if you could choose one to three max things that you want to accomplish in a day, mm-hmm. all of the um, the big, like Brendan Burchard, I don't know, who do you listen to? But, you know, they're saying, you know, don't overwhelm yourself with so many things on your to-do list, but just do one to three in your day so that you feel success in your day. Well, they talk about it in terms of your brain capacity and like being able to really give your optimal attention and execution to three tasks. And that's I, what Brendan Bouchard was talking about and Ed Milet, who I love listening to. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Lauren and Michael on their Skinny Confidential podcast. Him and her. Yeah. So, yeah, being able to narrow it down and because we talk about this a lot, you know, we're mm. really good at filling our plate. <laughs> yes, we are. We love keeping ourselves busy. And right now in this season of life, that most likely isn't serving us. No, and it doesn't help our sanity either. No, (laughs) most definitely does not. And I really love listening to you about, you know, how your daily routine, like sticking to that is what's keeping you sane. I'm like the complete opposite right now. Like I am somebody that has such a good daily practice. I love waking up in the morning and I, I, been doing this meditation and I have a different chanting that I was given on my birthday in July of 2019 that I've been doing consistently every morning until like beginning of this year, really. I kind of was just like over my morning ritual. Wow. <laughs> and I was consistent with it, but I noticed I was doing it because I felt like I was like I had to. I'm somebody mm-hmm. that like when I commit to something, I'm fully committed. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody's like 21 day challenge for 108 days, you got to do this. Like the the whole 30, like I'm that person that will push it and then like continue it. And like, like I have a hard time stopping things because I like having structure. I like, what is it? If you talk about all the different astrological things, like my Capricorn moon and Virgo rising loves that. <laughs> like I love structure, but the cancer in me loves going with the flow and it's honoring both sides of that. And since these stay at home orders came in and since, you know, like COVID-19 really ramped up and I just felt like this resistance to my routine that some mornings I woke up and I was noticing I was feeling guilty because I didn't want to do it or that I just didn't have the energy to do it. And instead of waking up and spending 30 minutes meditating, journaling, doing my lemon water, like right then and there, I got up and went for a walk. I would get up and walk my dog. And I noticed that switching up my morning routine and really always checking in with myself first thing and being like, how am I feeling? How's my energy feeling? Do I need to snooze my alarm for another 30 minutes? Or do I feel like, you know, I could get up and move my body or getting up and stretching? I've been doing a lot of stretching in the morning. Um, this, this ease I've been putting on myself and really going with the flow and noticing how I feel in the morning. So like you, you know, you said you woke up kind of not feeling, 
feeling a little off, I woke up and wanted to work out. I was like seven o'clock, woke up, did a hot Pilates class and like felt great. Wow. And then I had a walk. I did, I, I journaled a little bit, still haven't meditated today. No, I'm mad about it. And (laughs) like, I've been really taking this time to just go with the flow. Well, I love that, Megan, because I think what people do is they get into this idea of if I don't do it, something isn't going to be right for me. And I love that you have that ability to pay attention to yourself. Like, you know, maybe I don't feel like doing that today. I'm not there yet. But I'm getting there. And that's the one thing that you teach me a lot is to go more with the flow, you know, and and I so admire that Mm. because I think what we do is we kind of crank up these have to do's. Well, I have to do this in the morning and I have to do this. And when I don't do this, my day is just going to suck. I feel like that is such this, you know, we talk about like this, like feminine, like rising. And that's such a masculine thing of like having these really rigid structures and how in some ways it serves us so beautifully, but as very feminine beings and very nurturing mothers, you kind of have to take like roll with the punches, like what comes up and kind of pivot. And right now we're really being asked to a hundred percent. I mean, and, we, yeah. we've pivoted so many things already this year. <laughs> totally. And I think being able to do that, you know, the whole point of having these daily rituals and these daily practices are to keep you safe, are to help support that nour- self-nourishment and that mental health check-in and really supporting you. But if you are noticing resistance, frustration, or your practice is driving you crazy and maybe not even driving you crazy. It's giving you anxiety and it's, you feel a pressure around it. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I so, I so agree with that. You know, um, one of the things that, um, I listened to this morning just kind of happened up and this, I don't know who it was, but he was talking about how we push ourselves too hard. We have to work harder. You know, that whole thing of work harder. Well, in meditation, what I love about, uh, Andy on Headspace, Mm -hmm. who I listened to, he has such brilliance in his messaging. Meditation is not to clear your mind. It's not to do all these things that we think meditation is going to do. It's a practice for a purpose. And the purpose is that when you get in sticky situations, it's learning how to stop, take a moment, follow your breath to calm yourself down and be mindful of what's happening. And I will say, I think the years of such a consistent practice has given me the awareness to notice when my practice isn't serving me and not having judgment around that, of realizing that for so long, I needed that practice to get to a space where I could check in with myself and connect with myself. Not that I've ever really been disconnected, except like, I mean, back in high school when I didn't have that relationship with myself. Younger. But I think it's 
now there's this gentleness. I, I can look at what my needs are. I've gotten clarity on what I need and knowing that that has nothing to do with anything else that other people are doing. Mm, I love that, May. So, you know, you've really come around to have this morning practice serve you. And, and I feel the same way. As long as it serves me and makes me feel good and helps me keep sane, then I'm going to keep doing it. And I might learn new practices that I might interchange every now and then. Oh, my, instead of my med- my morning meditations, I've turned them into a good 15 minute cuddling with my dog. That silence and just <laughs> petting my dog is like a meditation. I'm not thinking about anything except how soft his fur feels and how good it feels to cuddle him. And I mean, that's the point of it. Well, yeah. And and that's that, you know, if, if you live alone right now and you're going through COVID and you don't have a dog, you don't have a person, you don't have anyone to touch, you know, you've got to find ways to give yourself that, you know, kind of cuddling, whether you massage your feet, you massage your hands, whatever it is that's going to bring you, you know, that touch. Because we as humans need touch. You know what this just, that just reminded me of it, you know, because living, I lived alone before my my youngest sister, Sam, moved in with me. I was living alone for almost a year. And I noticed this habit that I would do. This is me being really raw with you guys right now. And I know <laughs> other girls and possibly men, I'm, I'm not sure. But every morning when I would wake up and walk to the bathroom, I know this sounds, this is going to sound really funny, but I would pass my hallway mirror and I would do this thing where I would like lift up my shirt and look at my stomach. It's this like weird self check-in. Like I would look at my body and I noticed I didn't have any judgment or anything around it, but I noticed I was doing it. And so what I would do when I would lift up my shirt to look at my stomach to see like, do I have any body changes? It's like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> how it, do I look today? How do I look today? Exactly. <laughs> I started hugging myself. Oh, I would look at myself and there was no judgment. Like I genuinely did it. Like when I I noticed the thought that would go through my head wasn't body shaming or anything. It was strictly like, oh yeah, this is my body. Like it's so, it was so funny. I've never had a problem. I love walking around naked. I know some people have issues with that. Oh no, Megan. <laughs> Megan, since she was a child, always loved to be naked. She <laughs> didn't like underwear. <laughs> Let's face it. She always had a smile on her face and she was like this little cherub that if she could, she would be naked 24-7. And by the way, we didn't have a problem with it. (laughs) I was raised differently. My father was like, put your clothes on. Yeah. So I lived in a very um, supportive family for (laughs) my (laughs) desires. Uh, But so I noticed like that was kind of like a, I would look at my body and like, just send it so much love. And I was like, I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to hug myself. And I would literally grab and just wrap my arms around myself and just say, ah, I love you. Mm. It's so great. You know, there's a yoga position that I think Matt taught us or whatever, but Mm -hmm. you know, you just like hug yourself and you're in tree pose and you're just hugging one way and you hug another. So I think however we can 
touch and receive the touch, Mm -hmm. whether it's from someone else, from a pet, from yourself, that also is going to bring in the love and calm your parasympathetic nervous system. Like all will be well. And I think what we're touching on in all of these things right now is like, first and foremost, maintaining sanity, especially right now in this massive uncertainty. Taking care of yourself. Number one. Number one. You know, we talked about in another episode, the hierarchy of needs that you taught us from a very young age, that if you are in partnership with children, if you're not taking care of yourself, it's going to be a lot more challenging to take care of everybody else. Yep. And whether you are in partnership with children or not, that self-care is so crucial in supporting your sanity. Yeah, it is. And then from there, you're able to then give to your family, give to your partner. And of course, you know, we're going to talk more about all the hierarchy and the ways that we keep sanity, both with mm-hmm. ourselves, as well as our partners, as well as with our children. But some of the other things, you know, for myself that I do, and I I did this too a lot. I think it helped me when um, I had severe panic disorder. I would write. And I saw this on someone's um, Instagram post where it was like literally 20 times she just wrote out this one feeling. And I used to go to bed at night and 500 times I would write out, I am healthy. I am well. I am healthy. I am well. I am healing. Whatever it was that I would, I would repeat this writing over and over again. And I believe, this is my personal opinion, is that when you write, you're connecting to your heart. And that too is connecting to helping you rewire your brain because there is such a heart-brain connection, right? Totally. And so I think either writing positives, reading positives, have I mean, look, we have them around the house, you know, all over the house. Love you to the moon and back, you know, oh, love yeah. one another. You used to have them <laughs> taped up on our mirror when we were a girl when we were growing up in high school. You know, and just reinforcing those positives that, you know, make you feel good in your life. And then from there, it's what do you like to do? You know, here we've set our morning. You know, maybe we've had a cup of tea, you have your little rituals, what like that. But, you know, you talked about exercising. Mm -hmm. We know that exercise is super important for our sanity because, again, that's going to shift our brain Mm -hmm. and bring in those, you know, what did my dad, it was positive and negative ions. It's, It's so ironic because the negative ions is negative ions is what we want to help create the positivity. And that's going outside and getting in sunlight and absor- like when you walk barefoot on the sand and that's, you're soaking in those negative ions. But what I love so much about movement and whether it's an actual 30 or 20 minute exercise class or right. just like going for a walk, jumping around, dancing in my kitchen. Just going to say that. Putting the music on. I did that this morning. That was another thing that I did to help shift me. I had this kind of, you know, yes, I was feeling good, but I wanted to feel even better. And I turned on my music and I forget how much music lifts our soul. 
mm-hmm. you know, and just like I wasn't raised that way, you know, but I loved music growing up and I'd go to concerts and my kids, you know, Alex, her husband's into music and, you know, and just you brought so much music. All of you guys brought so much music into the house and now it's just daddy and me. And when it's quiet, we just turn music on. We crank it up and we dance in the kitchen. We'll dance in the bedroom. We'll dance everywhere. <laughs> Which I love. I think, you know, it's so funny growing up. That was, I wouldn't say that was our household. We were in a house that always had music playing. And I think it's because, I mean, with four girls, it was loud enough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, with just people coming in and out of the house and cooking and conversations. But now I too, I have, I notice if I'm in a funk or anything going on, like, Music just makes me feel so good. Yeah, it's very soul lifting for sure. And as somebody that loves going to concerts and live music shows, not being able to do that right now, creating that experience in my own home and having that moment of dancing around and blaring music, it it does take you back to that, that oh. feel good. Have you seen so many of those live concerts now? Yes. That are streaming? Like I my first one that I saw was Jack Johnson. You know, mm-hmm. he popped up and it was we love Jack. But seeing all these other bands now and even, you know, they I I was on a call on a Zoom call where a friend had her friends and there was like 10 windows on the Zoom and everyone was you know, choosing to sing a song or play an instrument or do that. And it's like, you know, this time has proven to be so creative. The creative outlets that are coming out there, you know, there are ways to, again, help yourself in so many different outlets. And I like a hundred percent and how you said, you know, with your girlfriends where they had all the different girlfriends on the call doing different things, that's been so important to me as well as a way of self-care is staying connected to my friends, staying staying connected to my girlfriends. We do Saturday morning coffee calls with one of of my girlfriends I went to college with. We live all over in Colorado, California, Idaho. One of them just had a baby. And so we do these Saturday morning coffee calls where we get on the call and talk for like an hour or so and have coffee and get to see the our the baby girl that none of us have had the chance to meet yet and that ritual or that connection and the making that a priority to still stay connected to people has been really beautiful well yeah and you know you know my sister goldie who i absolutely love you know she's been my sanity mm-hmm. you know if you have just one friend that you can talk to that can really work through things with you, that support you, that goes through all these ups and downs, you know, whether it's a sister or a best friend, friendships, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, it's important to maintain relationships. Some of my friends, I have groups of 10 friends that, you know, we've had since junior high school. I have new friends that we have a light goddess, you know, in the morning I wake mm-hmm. up to the light goddesses on my little text that comes in with some positive, you know, things. And however it is, don't lose your friends. Yes. Friends are literally what the seeds that sow in your garden of, you know, life. And I will say, I know I've talked to a couple of my guy friends that they 
haven't been so connected with friends in the past. And they're like, I'm talking to friends that I haven't spoken to this consistently in so long. So you kind of, you got to remember like these little positives that are coming from this. And yes, I do agree. I don't think Zooming or phone calls are the same as in-person connection, but it still is important. Well, and I find that people are connecting more than they ever have because they have the time to. It's like they're awakened to, oh, I really miss that person. I'm going to either pick up the phone or let's do FaceTime. Yeah. So I think that is super important too. Yeah. And I think the last thing really for me of, you know, keeping myself sane is if you are able to, I know we're extremely privileged and fortunate that we have our homes here and we're very lucky that we're safe. And we also have a family home in the desert that I was able to go take a little getaway, a couple a couple day trip. And even if you can't go somewhere else, maybe car camping, going somewhere where you can do an overnight and just switch your scenery, even making it a day trip, go drive your car somewhere into the mountains or to the beach out of the city or wherever it is that you live and just connect to nature and switch it up because that is so nurturing to your body. And nourishing. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing. I can't wait because we're going to get ready to, you know, drive out to Colorado here soon and just to be in the trees and the rivers and, you know, just that nature and that space. You know, we are blessed. We have space within our home. We have space outside a little bit. But if you don't have space, I noticed that, you know, some of the girls were like going and having a day trip, driving like, you know, an hour or two away, going to a different scenery really makes a huge difference in that sanity piece again, right? Uh, For me, I will say my last piece for me is keeping organized. Organizing my day really keeps me sane. You know, when I get up and I write out everything that I'm going to do, but also because I'm such a foodie and food rules my day as it does most people, you wake up, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Then what I'm going to have for lunch? Mm, what am I making for dinner? You know, for a lot of people, food just isn't their thing. And yet now you're in the house and you're, you know, having to think about it more and it's actually on your mind more. And so I like to know, you know, what am I going to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? So I plan out dinners for the whole week. I've always done it. It's what I taught in the classes. That to me really maintained my sanity just now with just dad and me, but also raising all of your, all of you guys and being kids. I love that. Yeah. It was something that was really fun. I looked forward to helping you plan our weekly meals. And I think, you know, as a child, that structure was really good. And for me now, again, this is just a testament of how differently we do things. (laughs) I love the freedom to the day before. I'm somebody that you do it in the morning. Then before I fall asleep at night, I have to like kind of plan out what my next day will look like because that helps me not have that like monkey mind before I go to bed. So I either most like, like lately I've been doing it in my phone where, I mean, I schedule in when I eat, like that (laughs) is how detailed my calendar is on my phone. Um, But it helps me have that where I do it the night before. And because I like doing it the night before, that's like, I'll be like, ooh, I'm going to make this. This is what I have in the fridge. I kind of base it off of what I find at the farmer's market, what I have on hand, and then we'll create something 
the night before and get excited. Oh, I love that. So before we go into really sharing, because I really want to share about um, kids, you know, being sane with kids and how we raise the four kids, I think the second thing, because it goes to that hierarchy of sanity, keeping yourself sane, but then keeping your partnership going. Like, all right, maybe it's just you and your partner in the house. And, you know, things happen. You've been close. Yeah. Partner being a boyfriend, your husband or wife or or a girlfriend, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. what, whatever that partnership looks like for you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's how are you going to maintain relationship with, you know, because now you're like, you know, in the same room, some people, they don't even, they have like a one room apartment and they're on the seventh floor. And how are they maintaining that? And number one is communication. We've always said that having great communication is the number one thing to relationships. And and if you're not great at it, what a beautiful time to start practicing. <laughs> yes. And, you know, maybe maybe one isn't so communicative and the other one is communicative. And then you get to kind of bridge that gap of, you know, coming together and making that time to actually have conversations. And I will say too, it's making time, but allowing space. I, my ex was somebody that was like a clam. Like when it came to conversations, I would prod and prod and prod and that shell would just tighten, 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 tighten. But when (laughs) I would just present a thought about what I was feeling and not prod with questions, but create space to allow him to think about it. Maybe it would be 20 minutes later, maybe an hour later. But he would always then come back to me with some type of answer or he had been thinking about it. And that space, allowing that space to allow him to present the conversation back to me. And maybe it wasn't an hour. Sometimes it would be days. It would take days to kind of let it percolate. Yeah. Like process. (laughs) I'm like processing it. And then he would come back and That's that practice, learning how your partner communicates. Oh, that is great advice, Megan, because the more I think you want to force something, as we know, it's like that noose around the neck. It's like, oh, gosh, like the clam, as you were describing. That's exactly it. So when you give them that ability to come at their own time or just talk about it, so that you're not getting frustrated about it. That I think is so important. I think that's like with parenting and kids, you know, too. It's like as a as mom, like if you were sitting there asking me a million questions about what's going on, I'm like, bye, like shut my door. I don't want to talk to you. But like if you allow me to come to you, it's it's that kind of mentality and applying that to whoever you're in relationship with. Exactly. All relationships can serve from that. And so the other thing is, is that, you know, with your partner, intimacy is another really important thing to make sure that you keep going. And intimacy is so many different things. It's not just sex. It's touching. It's talking to one another. It's spending time together. Off of devices. Exactly. (laughs) Putting away every, you know, having that, what do we call technical Sabbath, so to speak of, you know, dad and I do that at eight o'clock. We're really trying hard to, well, actually at the dinner, it starts at dinner time, dinner time, no phone. You know, if you need to look at it once more before the eight o'clock hour, then you do that. I mean, we're just working at this, implementing this 
thing of time and letting go of the phone at eight o'clock, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's a challenge and we're up for the challenge because then what happens is we're, we're coming together more, you know, we're spending more time together and, you know, getting into bed earlier and reading or massaging each other's feet or doing whatever it takes to, you know, to have that intimate time together. And I think with anything, you know, you said it's challenging. The more you practice it, the more of a habit it becomes and it becomes easy. Right. Well, and with time. And that's practicing. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to be commitment. I, I find being committed to something and being consistent with it definitely changes um, habits. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of the other things that we would do, especially like with kids and stuff, is what we call date night. We would always have a date night each week. And depending on the age of your kids, and now it's a little bit harder you know, to have someone come over to the house and babysit your kids. But there's ways that you could, you know, um, arrange a date night if you put your kids, let's say, down at an earlier time and it's tonight's the night we're going to light the candles, have a little dinner later than, you know, having dinner with the kids. Maybe we'll put on a movie. It doesn't happen all the time, but at least you're making that space during this um, time. I think those are great tips and advice, like things that you could do. If you're a family that is tech-free, the importance of maintaining your relationship with your partner and allowing your kids to watch a movie for an hour or so while you and your partner are at the dinner table just connecting, not watching the movie with the kids right there on the couch, you know? Like they're still in your space, but you guys are doing your in your own space. And I like the other one is, If you put your kids down earlier, depending on the age, if you have a very young child, making that effort, get dressed up, you know, like get out (laughs) of your pajamas, put on something nice that you would wear out to the restaurant and like zhuzh yourself up for your partner and like make it a thing, you know, like there's ways Mm. to get creative and do that in, in quarantine. And I also loved, I saw uh, on Instagram, like a post of a, a family that the kids dressed up like the servers and they served their parents dinner for date nights. If you have kids that are a little bit older, like I loved that. Like give them a, give them a job in it. Let your kids cook you dinner. (laughs) Could be like, choose your own adventure, but that could be, that's like fun. It's getting everyone included in it and making it like a thing where it's, you guys get to connect, but then it gives your kids tasks, especially if they're older, like in their teens or something like that. It gives them something to do for you guys. Oh, that, that is a really sweet idea. I love that one. Um, and then when the gates open and we can go places, plan a getaway, definitely plan a getaway, just the two of you to do an overnight or two nights away. You know, for us having four kids, it was always hard. No one wanted to watch our four girls. They were a handful. They cried. They didn't like being away from us. They, you know, our parents were like, at the end of the day, they're like, we are never doing this again. And we agreed. So we had friends that would take our kids. We would friend swap, taking care of each other's kids. Now, mind you, everyone else had two and I had four. But let me tell you, though, it created wonderful relationships within the families. And then it was much easier because everyone understood how my kids were, how their kids were. And we had a great time going away. It wasn't as stressful. It's kind of like, you know how right now in quarantine, I've gotten to the place where I have 
two friends that I'm in a monogamous friendship with, that I see them like social distancing. We've been quarantined, they've been quarantined. And now I have these two friends that like I go visit. Like that's how I've maintained myself keeping sane and doing this and being able to do that with kids, you know, having those friends that you allow your kids to go play with, that they've been quarantined, you've been in quarantine, and now you can kind of quarantine together to give each other free time. Oh yeah. That, that is amazing. And so now we can, you know, get into the meat of, you know, kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and so keeping sane with a full house of kids. Yeah. Whether you have one child or four, and if you have more than four, bless your soul. I, (laughs) as an adult now, I look at my mom and I, I look at my friends that have two kids and I'm like, under six, how did you do it? <laughs> four, I don't four children under six. Yes. Well, let me tell you. Number one, I organized everything. I put my teacher cap on because I was a special ed teacher for 10 years. And I went to town doing exactly what I did to maintain my sanity in a classroom full of severely learning disabled children, middle schoolers. Again, I approach everything from an attitude I want to have fun. And I want to be able to be effective at my job. And so as a teacher, it was like, okay, what am I going to do here to keep everyone like sane in a classroom? I'm going to organize this all, right? I took that same method and moved it into the house. (laughs) I feel like you had a one up with everybody being a teacher. You kind of like, that's like a mom is like organizing a classroom. It's like uh, corralling cats. Like that's what you. It's a hundred percent. No, let me say, I think. You know, people go, there's no manual once you have kids. Exactly. But if high school, I remember when you guys, you know, you took a class and you had to bring the baby home. I think it was for birth control. (laughs) Yes, they did that. It was like sex ed and you did all the different things and you had the baby and you had to like- Have it overnight. Yeah. And it cried. The baby actually cried. Yeah. You had to change the diaper. You had to (laughs) bottle feed it. Wow. That- Brought me back. I forgot about that. Well, I'll never forget that. And so I used to always think, why don't high school and even like in college, why isn't there a class on parenting that you have to take? Just because most people will have a kid sometime in their life or become an auntie or an uncle or whatever it is, just to have basic ground rules for raising kids. Yeah, I feel like nannying is something I'm so grateful I did it for, I mean, since the time I was, what, 15 and like was able to look after another child. Or um, just your own siblings. Yeah, taking care of my sisters. You know, that was such good practice of caretaking, you know, at some point in your life. And maybe not, maybe kids aren't your thing. And I mean, we need more of you out there because our planet is overpopulated. Um, <laughs> but at some point you're going to be around children and it's just how to kind of Manage? Manage. I was going to say negotiate because it's always a negotiation. It's with managing. Kids. I mean, when you look at some of these things now where they say a mom wears 50 to 100 hats, you play all these roles. Well, you know, if, like you said, there's no manual to it, one of the things that are, is the sanity is keeping yourself organized. And that is such a beautiful thing that you did as a teacher and brought it into the home. Yeah, it was essential. And so basically I, I organized the house where I had dinners down. I had my weeks planned. I, you know, I had this whiteboard 
I used to call it a wipe board, but it's a white board or a, I don't know why. Well, cause you could wipe it down. So I thought it was wipe, not white. You know what makes sense, but it's a white board that you use the markers on and yeah. wipe it away. And so I had <laughs> that board. Everybody knew what was happening on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day of the week. And then on the bottom of it, it had the menu of what was for dinner. And just knowing that was sanity. It kept everyone from asking me 500 times, where am I supposed to be? What are we having for dinner? You know, all those things that kind of get in your way of, you know, moving forward in your day. And I think, (laughs) yes, definitely. And now I think with Google Calendar and shared calendars, if you are more tech friendly and advanced, creating a family calendar and adding all the things that need to be shared into that shared calendar. Because especially kids these days, like, are getting phones so much younger and you can have access to that, that if that's, they're on the phone and they might not be looking or paying attention to that, those notifications that pop up on your phone so that you're still able to do that. I mean, we got to, we got to go with the times too, you know? I know, I know. I cringe. (laughs) Peggy's over here cringing at that thought of, because our kids didn't have phones much later. Like the kids were 16 and older before they even had, they had pagers. I think the irony of, I know, yeah. <laughs> but I remember in middle school having my pager and having to get quarters and make a phone call on the pay phone to call my mom back. And I also loved it as like the out of, well, I don't have a cell phone, so I can't call you back. Right. You know, yes. using that as like the trick. But I love that. Um keeping everyone accountable, you know, and yeah. being able to, if you do have a cell phone, how you can kind of keep tabs on everybody and let everybody know what's going on. Exactly. So that definitely was sanity for kids. The other thing that was sanity, I know this, I hear this a lot. I see this a lot on the Insta stories and Instagram post is my house is always a mess. And what I did is I had cubbies. So like in a classroom, I had boxes, you know, you go to container stores, you just use boxes. And we had cupboards that we made. I had a game cupboard. I had an art cupboard. I had a toy cupboard. And at the end of the day, everyone had to put everything away. You know, I wasn't going to be the only one just putting all this stuff back away. And yes, some days were better than others. I remember as a kid, there was like the cleanup song. What was it that you would do? You like seeing, you play a song and you're like, you make a, you make a game out of it being like, okay, who can finish putting away the stuff first before the song ends? Like you, you make it, you gamify it. I feel like that's something that kids really appreciate or being like, you always like kind of being like, who can do it first? Who can finish it first? Or who can brush their teeth quick enough? Like yeah, quick. a little friendly competition, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to get stuff done. But the other piece too is being okay with disorder. Giving yourself a break that sometimes you're just tired. Like Megan said, you're just tired. And, you know, maybe right now you don't want to clean up the stuff and things like that. But that's it. Especially now, you know, if your house is a mess, so what? You know, there's, you're wearing so many hats right now and there's so many things that you're being asked of. And if that's one thing, like give yourself, a, do the little timer, whether it's a couple minutes a day or whatever, doing that, but also just like being okay that 
Give yourself a pass. Yes, surrender. Just surrender Mm -hmm. because that's just going to cause stress. It's not going to help your sanity. It's going to make you even more insane. Totally. So um, one of the other things that um, was good, and we touched on it, you know, besides knowing what you have for dinner is really organizing the food things in your house. Because I think food right now in COVID you're hungry. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, when we go camping or you're on a road trip, whenever you're in close quarters, do you notice how hungry you are all the time? Totally. And I think with kids too, I feel like I was constantly hungry as kids and knowing kids that literally are, these just like, they're growing. So they're constantly hungry and eating. And I think organizing pantries and sharing that where kids can go grab food themselves and you, you label it that this is the snack drawer. And these are things that if you're hungry, Go help yourself to this. Because otherwise, you're like what you say, a line chef. You're constantly in the kitchen cooking things up. You can't do anything else because you're always trying, you're feeding somebody. Well, and and I think another thing that's really important is to communicate with your family. Mm-hmm. Like we had our family meeting. So we would bring to the table, you know, this is what happened this week. And it was kind of like letting all the things go that you needed to talk about you guys communicating with each other. But for me, it was like a way to say, okay, what do y'all feel like for dinner this week? You know, um, what do you have a hankering for? And that would help me plan my meals. Uh, I also would be able to, you know, shop one day a week. And I still maintain that. We shop pretty much, we do our farmer's market one day. And in that same day, we do our grocery store shop. And people always would look at me, how can you shop? just one day a week. Because when you plan your meals out, you make sure A, the pantry has everything that you need and that you need you have everything you need for whatever it is that you're cooking for those meals, for your breakfasts, for your lunches. So you have all your pantries kind of organized. And we call that the ultimate pantry setup, yes. which I love having. That to me is sanity right there. And we actually give that away for free on our website. If you subscribe to our newsletter on currygirlskitchen.com, we send you that ultimate pantry list. Oh, branded too. (laughs) So you don't have to figure it out. We did all the work for you Mm -hmm. over years, over years of time. So um, I think, you know, one other thing that I really want to touch on is fun. You know, how do we bring fun in during this time? You know, and to me, that's a big part of sanity too. Like scheduling, being organized and doing all of the things that help the day run smoothly. Your have to do's. Yeah. You know, these are what I have to do, but what are you doing for fun in a day? But that's also something that we really have to do. We do. Having fun is so important. Laughter. Laughter's the best medicine. I mean, it's been studied already forever. Mm-hmm. And just laughing and doing silly things. And if you have little kids, tickle, have a tickle fest. I remember we used to sit down and do tickle fests or laugh fest. There was a, a thing in yoga where everyone would stick their head on everyone's stomach and you would just laugh and just burst out laughing or, you know, watching a funny movie or a funny show or a comedian that's clean if you have kids, not mm-hmm. clean if, you know, you know whatever. But- so really planning that dose of fun, uh, that can be art, reading. You know how much I love reading books to you every night, mm-hmm. you know, stories, cooking. I love cooking, you know, like that. It's it's like camp. 
I love cooking together. And all of these things are also very educational and stimulating for kids, and which is why it's so important, you know, like making it, you know, this is where we can combine, you know, say you have a day where the kids just aren't wanting to learn like us kids too, get over it. They get overwhelmed. They're going to have their own emotions and, you know, pivoting, saying (laughs) plot twist and doing something else and making it play and having fun and not having so much pressure and stress around the structure. Organization is going to help for sure. But also knowing that like, if there's a day where that organization is not working, go with it. We would call those sick of it days, Meg. Yeah. You know, some days I'd just pull you out of school. It wasn't that you were sick per se, Mm -hmm. because we didn't like lying to say, oh, I'm sick today. We had a sick of it day. And we would plan those times in so that we could have fun and be together and do something that would switch it up, like you're saying. Yeah. And those were days like going outside, going to a park, going and having a picnic somewhere, if, if that is something that you're able to do and just switching up the routine. Because I think, you know, now is the time to really build that healthy family and those habits and those relationships. And what you're doing is building trust with your kids that you're listening to them. I think that's so important to know that you can say things, but if your actions aren't aligning with the things that you're saying, if you're constantly telling your kids, oh yeah, 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 we'll go do that. We'll go do that. But you're never doing that thing that they want to do. You're breaking their trust. Yeah. And they're going to remember that. And watch the movie Hook, you guys. Yeah. I just watched it for the 50th time. It is my favorite movie. And right there, that's what it explains. Parents who focus on the work more than they focus on their children. And that trust is broken because you keep promising all these things, but then you never show up because kids need to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And you need to be with your kids. Why'd you have them in the first place if you don't want to be with your kids? You know. Well, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, but right exactly. now we're no, totally. It. <laughs> it is. It's that really prioritizing those relationships that are around you, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your children, and you know creating these structures, this organization, and also making time to connect, making time to play and have fun and switch it up. Yeah. We covered so much deliciousness today, Meg. So much. And I feel like there's even more we could go into with the kids and the organization and all of it. You know, there's just so much we can talk about. But I do, I agree. I feel like we hit on some really good points that will just help keep you sane during these times and in your life. Right. Uh, Once we move past this time, you know, it's really putting those things in place now while you can so that after things open up, you have started creating new habits for yourself to really make your life delicious. Ah, oh, yes. We are so grateful that you've 
stuck around and listened to this. And if you found this helpful, please rate and review this podcast. Share it with your friends. It really helps people discover us so more people get a listen to this. And if you don't follow us, make sure you find us on all social media platforms at Curry Girls Kitchen and on our website at currygirlskitchen.com. Like we said, we have a lot of freebies and things that we give away. And we are just so here with you. We are in it. We're going with the flow. And we'll see you in the next one.